Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. All right, good morning. How's everybody? Good, good, good. We've, we've had a wonderful time already, and uh, I come out every service. I'm part of all things, all services, because I don't want to miss worship. And uh, it's just extra sweet this morning, extra encouraging today. Well, I'm kind of like David in the book of Psalms. He said, I was glad when they said to me, what? Let's go to the house of the Lord. He was glad, let's put him in our context. He was glad when they said, it's time to go to church. And I hope that you're glad to be here today. I, I can remember times in my life uh, as a preteen and a teen, my parents said, it's time to go to church. And I was not glad to go to church. Uh, I was sad, even mad at times because it was either weird or boring or whatever else. And I tell you what, we're really trying to just do this in a pure and right way. And I believe that God has some wonderful things he wants to do for every one of us today. I really believe that today. Amen. Well, why don't you stand with me? And uh, we're going to pray together. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. It's not a weird thing. It's just a Bible thing. Just lift our hands to the Lord. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this morning. Thank you for ordering our steps, gathering us here. As we sang today, you're so, so good. So, so kind to us. And we just pause to just thank you for watching over us, caring for us, providing for us, protecting us. And God, uh, We try every day to thank you for things where there's so much you do that that we miss. And we just want to thank you and say, God, we know that you are so good. Thank you today for that. God, as you've brought us here today, I believe that you have things in your mind and in your heart that you want to get across to us today. And we just open ourselves and, and Holy Spirit of God, do the work of God in the lives of each of your people. Lord, we take a moment and we pray for those that were anointed with oil this morning. I'm just asking, Lord, for your healing virtue to flow. As we've honored you with a step of faith, just acting on your word, I'm just asking for healing virtue to flow and to heal and to make whole in ways that we could never even explain. And we thank you for that. I ask you now to help me as I deliver your word. We're going to handle some very important things. Help me, Lord, to do this right, to handle this right. And I pray that when everything is said and done today, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you would be pleased, that you would be honored, and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Come on, let's give a great big welcome to our online and our East Campus. God bless you guys. It's going to be a great morning. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're continuing on our series, I Want to Be Better. And uh, how many of you would agree with me? I want to be better. And uh, I, I was reading a week or so ago, and I ran across this number that there are just over 861,000 self-help books listed on Amazon. That's a lot of books, y'all. And you know what that says to me? It really says this to me, that we're made for more and we know it. 
And let me put it in our context with this series. We can do better and we know it. I believe that we can do better. Y'all are, y'all are a little too quiet for me today. I, I, I think we can do better. You don't have to be shy here. I think we can do better. I think we must do better. I look at the world around us and it's like, come on, you can do better. We must do better than this. And then for us as believers, we're called. We're called to do better and, and to be better. And this plays out in our roles. This plays out in our responsibilities. This plays out in our relationships. And today what we're going to cover, it plays out in our duties and demeanor. Go ahead and read that with me if you would. Duties and demeanor. It's what we do. It's how we do it. And this is how we carry and present ourselves. And this is an, an important thing. It's not about posturing or posing or strutting or anything else. This is who we represent, how we actually uh, carry ourselves in life as well. So how we do our work, how we carry ourselves, it matters. And I believe that we can do better. Yes, we can. So here would be the goal. If we just kind of summarize the goal, it would be this. is to leave everything. People, places, things, leave everything better than we found them. Come on, read that with me. Let's leave everything better than we found them. People, places, and things. Every interaction, everything that we're part of, every place we go, we should make it our goal. We should make it our endeavor that we're going to leave it better then we found it. Amen. And our motivators for this, of, of course, first of all, would be that we want to honor God. I hope you want to honor God. I mean, we sang about how good he is to us today. And here's the reality. Without him, we can do what? Nothing. nothing. We know nothing. We have nothing. We are nothing. We can do nothing. We're a great big zero, y'all. We're just a great big zero without God. And in him, we live and move and have our being. He's been so good and so patient and so kind. And he's packed you and loaded you with with plans and potential and desires and dreams. God has been so good. And it should just, it should occur to us too that our whole purpose, our whole goal is to bring glory and honor to him. That should motivate us that we do better in all these areas of our life. And then, and then secondly is impact, impact, that we impact others. You know, you don't live in isolation. You know, uh, we shared about it last week. Blessings come through relationship. Somebody is counting on you. If we go back to duties and demeanor, somebody's counting on you to do your job, to do it right, and to be a person that's actually, you know, uh, okay to be around. I mean, somebody is counting upon the impact that, that you could bring to them. And let's pray that it's not a, ne- a negative impact. And then a third big motivator is what I call reflection. Reflection. Whether you know it or not, we're made in the likeness and the image of God, and we are image bearers. We are to be reflecting to the people and to the world around us accurately what our Heavenly Father is like. Let me tell you that some people are not reflecting God accurately to the world around us. And we know we have a great, big, wonderful God. We have a loving, powerful, heavenly Father. I want the world to know him. I see people that are hurting and confused and and just biting on all the lies and lures that culture throws to them. And it just sinks them further down in the pond, y'all. 
And, 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 and I want people to know that, that God loves them, that Jesus can save them and help them and give them peace and purpose. And, and I want them to know that. But part of the job uh, can be cut off from us if, if people don't accurately see him. And so how we conduct ourselves and what we do really is a reflection, you know, upon our heavenly father. Can I get an amen on that as well? So how does this play out? Let me just give you some real life stuff just over the last few weeks. And the same stuff happens in your life. Uh, We had a situation and I won't even, I'm not even going to go into the detail. I don't want anybody to even feel bad about it, but uh, a, a business, somebody didn't follow through on something that they were to do for us. And consequently, it could have ended up being a really bad situation for us simply because somebody forgot, or didn't do their job or whatever the case would be. And so, you know, uh, it's pretty important that you follow through on your stuff. And then uh, we were in a restaurant just a couple weeks ago, and this could be a compilation of things we see in restaurants all the time. But I'm just kind of observing people. We're people watchers, and I'm watching them, and, and they're loud and odd and bossy and messy. And when they left, they just kind of pushed their chairs back and left them out. And the, the chairs were pushed right back up against people that were still sitting in their chairs. And they got up and just kind of walked out, and there's napkins and food all over the floor. And I'm thinking inside, um, this is not your house. And I'm also thinking inside, I don't think I'd want to see your house, <laughs> you know. And I, and I doubt they tipped well or anything else. And I, and I just thought, wow, folks, got to do better, got to do better. And I was really praying they didn't know me, you know. <laughs> well, hey, pastor, love the church, you know. And, Then we were uh, in a setting in kind of a doctor's office type setting just recently, and I'm sitting in the waiting room, um, and I brought a book, and I'm just sit, sitting there, and, and sometimes a doctor's office setting, people are waiting, and maybe they don't feel good, I get that, and sometimes the wait takes a while, I get that, and it's kind of crowded and all, but then I watched, I watched three different people get up from their chair after a while. And guys, I hate to break it to you, but all three of them were men. Got up and walked over to the receptionist window and knocked on there, wanting to know when it was going to be their turn. And the receptionist was just so polite and, you know, tried to be very friendly. And I just watched it get worse and worse and ugly and angry and rude and, and so forth. And I thought, wow, folks, we really, we've got to do better. Come on, everybody say better. So, I think we can be patient. And we can be considerate. We can have a little self-awareness. We can be kind. We can clean up after ourselves. You know, Alicia and I, we've raised five kids. And if we we ate out with little kids, how many of you know when your little ones are starting to self-feed, they only get about two out of five of the pieces you give them, you know, and the rest goes on them and the floor and stuff. We always get, get down there and clean that up. Some people, I left them an extra 50 cent tip. That should make it right. You know, no, I clean up, 
Clean up after yourself. Push your chairs in. Let's do, let's do a better job. Well, what is this about? It's about who you are and who you represent. And it's, a, and it's about the most high God. And I think we're going to have a spirit of excellence about us as we, as we go here and there and uh, reflect well on God. Amen? Well, um, I want to dive into something. This is kind of deep. Uh, theologically. This is at the core of it all. And, and then we'll build off of this on why we even need to do better. But look with me, if you will, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Paul writes, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Go ahead. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. You did know that, right? There's a war. There's a conflict going on. So that you are not, get this, so you are not to do whatever you want. So you just need to know this. You don't just get to do whatever you want. You don't just get to say whatever you want to say. That's part of the, that's part of the toxicity of of social media is people from you know wherever their mama's basement or whatever can comment on everything don't do that just don't do that you'd never say those things right to somebody's face and if you did then i worry about you as well and so and and whatever you think you don't have to act on and whatever you think you don't have to say there's a conflict there's two different tracks that you could get on one is of the flesh and one is of the of the spirit and we read in other places in the bible if you live after the flesh the end result of that is death and destruction you live after the spirit the end result of that is life and peace let's keep going here but if you're led by the spirit you are not under the law now right here in front of you is one of the greatest theological truths and it is this you are not under the law You're not under the law. Now, let me expand on that for you just a little bit here. We are no longer under the looming threat of God's judgment. On the cross, Jesus took the punishment that our sins deserve. As a result, you ready for this? As a result, that moved our judgment day from our future to our past. There's not a judgment day out. If you are in Christ, I just got goosebumps. I don't know about y'all. But if you are in Christ, the penalty and punishment necessary because of our sins, he's already paid that. So we don't have, we have a judgment ahead of us as believers for our works, but the Bible says those will be tried and judged, but yet you yourselves will be saved. So I love the whole idea that through what Jesus has done for us, he effectively moved our judgment day from our future to our past. That's good news today. Now watch this. In Romans Romans chapter 8. So now, everybody say now. 
So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You are not marked to be condemned. Okay, you're not marked any longer if you belong to Christ Jesus. Now, keep going. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. This is also called the law of sin and death in some translations. Let's look in verse 3 here. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sin. So the Bible tells us, now get this. The Bible tells us right here, this is, this is the high treetops of the New Testament right here, Romans chapter 8. And so there is now no condemnation. You are not marked for condemnation if you belong to Christ Jesus. Now pack all this in together. Now, it goes on to say that what the law could not do, God did by sending his son. What is it that the law could not do? He sent the law, okay? And let's just start here. The law of Moses, the Ten Commandments. And how many of you have been able to keep all Ten Commandments? None of us. Okay, the purpose of the law actually was to show us our sin. If we could handle the law, meaning this, if we could keep all the law, we would be perfect and we would be in right relationship with God. You and I both know that on our best day, the best we can do is inconsistent. Right? So we can't keep the law. So what the law does is actually point out our sin and the consequence for sin is death. So it's called the law of sin and death. So what the law could not do, make us right with God, God did by sending his son to take our sins, to take condemnation off of us so that we could have a relationship with our heavenly father not through our goodness, but through the goodness of what Jesus did for us, taking our sin for us, we are now found in Christ. Our relationship with our Heavenly Father is in Christ. Okay? Now, we're stacking some giant theological boulders here together, okay? Now, in Romans chapter 8, same chapter, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, come on. Who can be against this? Let me use my version of this. If God is for us, what difference does it make who's against you? Okay? So God is for you. God is for you. Everybody say, God is for me. Okay, so there's no condemnation on you. And your very best performance is never enough. So the law couldn't do it, but God did it through Jesus. God is for you. And we continue on in this Uh, eighth chapter and we're going to find that we're actually surrounded and very present in our life is tribulation and trials come on problems distress that's why we talked about anti-anxiety nakedness peril danger sword threat all of those things are around us but here's the absolute good news and sarah uh, at the end of worship shared this as well And there is nothing in all of creation that can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So, 
We put that all together. Put that all together, and this is, this is what we come up with. We have, now think about better. We're talking about doing better. Put all that together and realize this. We have nothing left to prove. We have nothing left to earn. We have nothing left to hide. So in our efforts to do better, to do right, it's not because we're trying to earn something with God. We don't have to earn anything. We don't have to prove anything. And when we swing and a miss, we don't have to hide anything. Because listen, all that Jesus is, all that Jesus is, is forever credited to us at the cross. It's called the great swap. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So here's the thing. We were loaded with sin. We are sin. We, we sin on our best day. But God took him, Jesus, who knew no sin and put the sin, your sin, my sins, the sins of the whole world, put them on Jesus. Jesus became sin so that he knew what to do with it. He was the only one able to pay the price and put away the consequence of sin. So God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, took our place so that what? We say that's me. So that we could become the righteousness. We could be in right relationship with God because of him. So that's the great swap. So all that Jesus is, is actually credited to us forever because at at the cross of what Jesus did. A few weeks ago, somebody actually wrote to me and said, how come we don't have any crosses at this church? And I'm going front and center every service. And gigantic one out front and a gigantic one out back because that is the centerpiece of the gospel. Amen. This, this is where it happened that Jesus did the great swap so that he took condemnation off of us so that you and I could be back in right relationship with God. All that being said is this, then why do we, why do we try hard? Why do we want to do right? We want, why do we want to do better? Okay, listen, we are not righteous in right relationship with God. We're not righteous because we do right things. We do right things because we're righteous. We do right things because we're in relationship with God. So this is not like, why why are you working on doing better with your duties and demeanor? Because I got to earn something. I got to make this up to God. I got to try harder. That is the entirely wrong approach. You are free to do better out of your relationship and out of who you are. It's actually who you are. You're becoming the best version, the healthiest, most alive version of yourself when we endeavor to do better. Amen. Amen. Look with me in Galatians chapter five, verse 18. But if you're led by the spirit, we looked at this earlier, you're not under the law. When you're led by the spirit, listen, here's the way it works. I want to be led by the spirit to do right freely. Instead of we're trying to do right and do better because of the law, 
because of compulsion, because of condemnation, because of threat of retribution or anything else. We're not trying to earn anything. We're not trying to prove anything. We are just trying that the Spirit of God will help us to want to do better because that is actually us becoming who we are in Him. Amen. Now, I believe it should show up. All that God has done for us, I think it should show up. It should show up in our beliefs, but it also should show up joyfully in our behavior. There should be something in us because of who you are, y'all. Listen, your judgment, I don't know if you got this or not, your judgment day got moved. Hey, your court date got moved, y'all. That court date in the future, and you're like, I don't even know what's going to happen there. Guess what? It's in the past and it's already settled. Jesus came in as your advocate, as your attorney, as your replacement, took care of it all. You're free. You're not marked for judgment. You're not marked for condemnation. But he's saying, my goodness, but you're my kids. And I want you to act like you're in the family of God. I freed you up. You don't have to earn anything. You don't have to prove anything. But we act this way in the family of God. And you're free to do it, and my word will guide you, and my spirit will guide you, and I'm just calling you out to act like you really are my kids, because I went through so much to make sure that you knew I, you are my kids. Amen? Amen? Now, so I think it should show up, and one, one place it should show up is in your duties. Your duties. What is that? It's your work. It's your work. It's what you do, but it's also how you do it. Uh, we were traveling the other day somewhere and we were watching a guy working and I mean, it's a major job, major construction job. And the guy had a shovel and he just walked over there and just scooped up just a little bit. This is your tax dollars hard at work, y'all. And we were at a red light watching this and I thought, this is going to take forever. <laughs> and it spoke to me because it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. It's how you do it. Now look at this in Colossians chapter 3. Whatever you do, I don't think it could be any more plain than that. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters or bosses. Go ahead. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Guess what? This right here has huge implications. Who do you work for? Who are you serving? The Lord Christ. That has massive implications on how you work and what you do. You say, well, I don't like my job. Well, it is your job. And God sees you right there where you are with who you work with and what you work with. That is currently your job. Well, I wanted to be something better. Well, then do better here. Be faithful and little. And God will open up the door to the next. Too often we just stay in the land of discontent, griping and complaining. But when I understand, hey, I know who my source is. I know who I serve. Maybe you love your job, but don't get confused about it, okay? Let me tell you who you're really working for. The Lord Christ. You work for Jesus, folks. And I jokingly said last week, don't go tell your boss that tomorrow. You know, don't walk in there. Uh, I need to talk to you. 
boss. I don't work for you. Work for Jesus. Because then you're going to be coming back next service getting a prayer request card because, Pastor, I need a new job, okay? So this is the thing, though. You work for the Lord. That should inform how you work, okay? I think you should work hard. I think you should work happy. We were watching somebody the other day, a person that we uh, uh, are cheering on, a young mom, and we were watching her work at a restaurant. She didn't know anybody was looking at her. She's cleaning up a table, and I watched her do it with a smile, with the energy and with a smile. And I thought, you know what? That, that pleases Jesus. That pleases Jesus. And that's a better way to go. Work hard. Why? Because this is who I'm serving. Work hard and work happy. Do quality work. I hope you're hearing me. Have an excellent spirit about you. Be pleasant to work with. Uh, Some people do good work, but they're not good to work with. And you want to be pleasant to work. Follow through. Be on time. Don't be a complainer. Make sure with you there's no drama. No strife, no gossip. Boy, y'all are quiet. (laughs) If there's a problem, it's not about you. And that you have integrity and you don't steal time and you don't steal stuff. And you're not a part of the talk that's going on. You go the extra mile and people just know you have an excellent spirit. You work hard. You work happy. You're somebody that can be counted on. Amen. And here's why you do it. Here's why you do it. You do it, number one, because you're serving the Lord Christ. Why are you working so hard? Why do you do this? It's because I'm serving the Lord. Through my job, I'm serving the Lord. And let me tell you the second reason why. And this is based on all the heavy stuff I shared with you just a little bit ago. It's because that's who you really are. That's who you really are. That's why you work hard and you work happy. It's because that's who you really are, a son or daughter of God. Amen? And then real quick, your demeanor, your demeanor. I need to talk to you about your demeanor. What is it? It's your conduct. It's your behavior. It's your deportment. It's how you carry yourself. It's your expression. It's your tone. It's your attitude. It's your face. I need to talk to you about your face. All of these things really, really do matter. Look with me in Galatians chapter 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You know what that means? If you've got that going on in your life, there's nobody against that in your life. I want to point out that this is the personality of the Holy Spirit. This describes the personality of the Holy Spirit. And I think as we realize who we are in him, this is actually our personality that as we continue to grow and improve, this starts to come out more and more in our life. This should be becoming our personality. Amen. I want to highlight just one of these, kindness. Kindness. Come on, everybody say kindness. Here's what kindness is. It's goodness in action, sweetness in disposition, 
gentleness in dealing with others. It's goodness, it's helpful, it's patient, it's pleasant. Proverbs 19 says that it's kindness that is desirable and attractive. I think your demeanor also demands that you have manners. Everybody say manners. That you're not pushing ahead of people everywhere. That you use your manners. You say please and thank you and excuse me. I might be old-fashioned or something, but I believe in yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, sir, and no, ma'am. I, early on when we were raising our kids, I had somebody say, what is all this yes, sir, and please, and thank you? Is that just a southern thing? I said, I think it's actually like a worldwide thing, actually, <laughs> or should be. I think we need to have manners. Well, how, how come you're all polite? got manners and wait your turn and you're sweet and you're grateful and all those things. It's because of who you are. It's because of who you represent. We should have manners. And then also our countenance. It's a Bible word. Your countenance is your smile. You're on camera. You should lift your eyes. You should lift your face. You should watch your tone. This is your billboard. It says we're open for business. Have you ever been in a, a store or someplace and somebody comes to wait, up on, wait on you and, you know, their tone is off and their countenance is off? We've all had it happen. Yeah, what do you want? I think I'm in the wrong place. Um, and I think our demeanor is our manners. It's our countenance. Let me just talk to you about this real quick, too, because this is where we can lose this. It's what I call thresholds. Everybody say thresholds. A threshold is kind of like a line that you don't want to go over. You want to stay on this side of the threshold, okay? So Jesus put it this way. He said, hold your peace. Something could be going on, but you stay on this side of the threshold. Hold your peace. Guard your peace. Because once you start to cross the threshold, we all know this, we've all been there. Once you start to cross the threshold with your thoughts, then you'll cross the threshold with your emotions. Then you'll start to cross the threshold, and here's when you're in trouble, with your mouth. Then we start to say things. And then we cross the threshold with our actions. And here's what happens. Once you cross that threshold, everything escalates. Things get hotter. Things get louder. Things get angrier. You would do well to stay back on this side of the threshold and hold your peace. I watched these guys in that doctor's office get up. They thought something, then they acted on it. And as they crossed the threshold and gave way to their disappointment and their anger, it turned into rude. It turned into ugly. It even turned into cursing. Now, how on earth does that happen from a guy just sitting in a chair is because he didn't hold your peace. And here's the thing. When we give in to the flesh, we're always reactive. But when we're led by the spirit, we'll be responsive. There's always that conflict. Your flesh is always wanting to swing on somebody. Not me. I'm a little sweet old lady. No, I know you. You... you. It's every one of us. These things cross our minds and so forth, but you've got to hold yourself. Stay on this side and let the Spirit 
lead you to help you truly be who you are. We were coming out of Target just the other day and a guy behind me right at the door ran up on the back of my ankle, right on my Achilles heel with his, with his cart and with his buggy. I took that guy down, man. I tell you, <laughs> local pastor arrested for fighting at Target. <laughs> Film at 11. No, I felt it. It hurt. I thought, I don't think he meant to do it. I wish he'd said, oh, I'm sorry. He didn't, but I thought, you know what? I can afford to let it go. Keep yourself on the side. I wish I did that every time. You know, in traffic, hold yourself back on this side of the threshold. I would imagine that 65 to 85% of us, while driving, have called somebody an idiot within the last month. Come on. But see, once, once we start, what is wrong with you? Why can't you drive like me? True story, I'm leaving to go to the gym the other day, leaving my neighborhood, and somebody pulls in behind me from my neighborhood. It's early in the morning. Their brights are on. They're right in my rear view. They're right in the side view. I thought, I'll show him. I got that little automatic deal. I'm going to reflect it back to him. All this is going on. I'm so troubled about him. I'd already been up for an hour and a half, two hours, worshiping Jesus. <laughs> I pull out on the main road, and this car coming the opposite direction is blinking their lights, blinking their lights, blinking their lights at me. And I realize, oh, yeah, I got, got my brights on. <laughs> Stay on this side. Hold your peace. Keep yourself in check. God, help us. Help us to do this, that we're not just giving into the flesh, but we're led by the Spirit so we can reflect well on our Heavenly Father and we can actually be who we really are in Christ. Why? We don't have anything left to prove. We don't have anything else to earn. We don't have anything to hide. He's done it all for us. Let this freely flow out of who we are now in him. And let's make this our goal. Let's leave everything, people, places, and things. Let's leave them better than we found them. Amen? I'll stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this today? All right. Jesus help us. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.